How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Truth is, <laughs> I am Iron Man. Wherever I go, he goes. When people ask you what happened here, tell them the North remembers. And here we go. What's up, everyone? I'm Zach Williamson. This is the Culture Craig Podcast. I'm here today with my co-hosts, Ross Cutsforth and Luke Goosens. Today, we're talking House of the Dragon, Episode 9. This is probably the best episode of the season yet. All the built-up tensions growing between Alicent and her dad, the tension between Aemond and Aegon, the tensions between the two families, the Hightars and the and Rhaenyra, they're all coming to a head now, and I'm excited. I went back and looked at last episode, and never does Viserys explicitly say make Aegon king, or even really come close to it. He says, unite the realm. He's like against the coming darkness, and then he just keeps talking about a dream. And he says Aegon one time, I think. Fuck Allison. I think he said Aegon twice, but maybe. He's, but he, he's yeah. absolutely not talking about that little piece of shit. No. And Aegon knew it too. He even said he said, "Dude, if he wanted to name me, he would have done it in the past twenty years." I feel like yeah. Allison kind of knows it too, but she she's already too far in to go back on thinking she's wrong. See, I thought that too, but then I I read an interview from the director and the writer, and they're saying that she genuinely believes it in that moment. That he thinks that Aegon is supposed to be king, and that's why she is... In the coronation? She believes it in the coronation? No, what what Viserys was saying, she thinks what Viserys was saying to her is that Aegon should be king. She believes it. I know, in in that moment she believes it, but then afterwards... I think she's trying to give herself moral justification. I don't think so. Oh, I see what you guys are saying. You're saying as it's going down, she's like, this is... In the moment, she doesn't believe it. And then her son not believing it kind of adds to it. And then also, what was that dude's name? The god is dome smashed. Oh, Beesbury. You know, Beesbury kind of adds to it. Or Beesbury was before her son not believing it. So she's kind of just like, wait, she's second guessing herself from all these people not believing it. Yeah, and did she see and that they... But then I think it kind of comes full circle with the coronation, and then she's just all in by the time the coronation happens. Yeah, I think at that point, there's no turning back. People are... Lord Beesbury got killed. You're already in. Like, you've you've wrapped yourself into these game that all these men are making you do. And I love when, yeah. when, when Rhaenys, Rhaenys was saying all that stuff to her. Just, you're literally a pawn looking yeah. for a window. That was such That was such a good dialogue there. I think that definitely opened her eyes a little bit too, just based on how she talked to her dad Otto after that. That mm-hmm. was the cool parallel because that was literally the first that scene was when he's even looking like he's wrapping up the the note and all that. That was the first that was in the first episode too. There was that exact scene and with her walking in when she's younger and talking to him, and this is showing where she's gotten to this point now that she's standing up to this fool and telling it how it is in her, you know, in her way. And it was the exact same stuff, remade scene, but just with the older actress. I'll literally make a video and show you guys later, actually. Bro, fuck Otto. Otto is such a slimy fuck. When he was like, you look like your mom in certain lights. Did you know that? It's like, shut up, you old. What a fraud. Fuck you. <laughs> It's like you're you're horny for your daughter right now. Is that is that what's happening? You're being really weird, man. It's like uh, well, we don't know anything about his mother. Maybe his mother was I mean, okay. 
Yeah, he's saying that she's beautiful, but maybe he's also saying that she was like a powerful woman. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I didn't take it as him hitting on her. <laughs> How I took it was he's a, just a very fucked up individual, and her talking back to, in, to him gave him a thrill. I think he, he, I think he got horny for her because of that. I was a little disgusted by that. I cringed hard. But interesting take. I definitely did not have that same yeah. take. But yeah, I did not see that. <laughs> That's anyway. how I interpreted it. Was that the wrong interpretation? Fuck. I just, I mean, I just felt like it was building off of what it's not wrong. It's your take. But I just felt like it was building off what he said the last episode that you, this is the first time I've seen you actually come in here and feel like you could go and do this kind of stuff. You could become this person. He said that to her in the last episode, I think it was. Or when she stabbed Rhaenyra, so two episodes ago. She was saying, okay. And so this was another scene where showing she's actually becoming her own it, But in his mind, I, I'm saying he thinks he is. After that, too, he said, as you Long term, I don't know if that'll like, play out. Yeah, dude, and when, whenever he does that, yeah, that way. Because shit might, shit I mean, might go down. I don't down. think that he's really the one who's going to be controlling things. We'll see. I, I, what I do like is that it feels like that there is now two aspects of the greens. There is this dude, Otto, and then her and her kids. And who knows which way the kids will swing. The kids may even then be their own factor in the greens as this goes yeah. forward. But it feels they're not united, which is cool. It's even like a conflict in between them, which I think we'll probably see with the other side too as this goes forward. Yeah, shit, shit dude, especially with Amon, it introduced a lot of strife between them. Amon's the cool. He's the coolest character of that group, I think, for sure. You like, yeah. What is what is the beast beneath the boards mean? So, okay, there's still a meaning that it could mean, and it probably means multiple things. But in this episode, I thought when she says "Beware the beat, the beast beneath the boards," she's talking about Rainus coming through the ground, fucking everyone up. Oh, I thought it was alluding to Amon in some way because every time she says. Beware the beast beneath the boards. It goes to Amon. Mm. I don't. I don't remember at the dinner. She said, "Beware the beast beneath the boards," and it pans to Amon. And then she said it again in this episode. And it and the camera panned or cut to uh, him. Edited like cut to mm -hmm. him. Sorry. Yeah, there could be Damn, multiple meanings. That's a good catch there too. There's definitely. Yeah. I definitely think that this one has multiple meanings, and one of them was. I don't know what it means. I just kind of noticed it. I thought you would. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, there's there's a book one that we still can't talk about because it's a spoiler and it possibly will happen next week. Oh, about, about what, what that means, what her vision means in that or her dream means in that regard. Because you're right. That, all of her dreams so far have happened. But yeah, also, I also thought it meant Rainus with her literally coming through the through the ground. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Rainus definitely should have Dracarist their asses. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys thoughts on that because in the moment... I was like, damn, this is fucking dope. But then I was thinking about it more and I was like, damn, it's not her war, but you just killed so many people. And I know. And you're going to cause, I mean, that's going to cause animosity with the common folk. And sure. she killed like thousands. Yeah, she killed hundreds easily. Many hundreds, if not over a thousand. There was a yeah. fuck ton of people in there. And it the was direct. Packed. The director and writer even commented on this, and the writer says she doesn't do it because it's not her war. It's between them. Even though she comes out, she's wearing Targaryen red yeah. and black. Like, she makes her stand. I feel like she's picking a side with that. And then also the writer said the rest of the casualties don't matter. 
casualty. The rest of the people don't matter because it's Game of Thrones. Civilians don't count. That was her quote. It's Game of Thrones. Civilians don't count. <laughs> so in rain, this is rain. what that was the whole problem with what happened in season eight when Daenerys just started murking civilians. Roasting. Yeah. yeah. Instead yeah. of just going straight for Cersei. Yeah, bro. I don't love that answer, to be honest with you, because in the books, with George R. R. Martin, at least, one of his common themes is that no matter what happens with all these nobles, the small folk are the ones who end up getting the Paying the price. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a great answer in my mind. And it's not a great answer to me that, okay, so that's why she just doesn't murk them all right there. Because she goes immediately and flies to Rhaenyra and says, they're coming for you. That's like helping out. That's almost picking a side. Yeah, and you have grandkids who are going to be involved in this. Your your line is going to be involved with this. Also, in the BTS after the episode, Ryan Condal gave his take on that as well, and he said he didn't because he saw her mother to mother in the moment. They did. But, the, the writers and directors said that too. I forgot to add. But, that. Oh, okay, bro. What about all the fucking mothers you probably just killed in the coming up out of there? Think about all the. All the people that are going to die because of the war. That would instantly start a war, but you'd pretty much effectively end it too because yeah. you're going to kill yeah. – you do, You would have just killed three dragon riders right there. And Who's going to challenge that? Yeah, exactly. Rhaenyra is next in line immediately. There's no debate after this. I mean she already was. It's already yeah. – they're usurping the throne. They're traitors already. There's no actual yeah. proof yeah. that Viserys said this shit. For one, it's Alicent's word against everyone – and you were already planning to usurp the throne. They were plotting it. That's treason. Also, that would have been a perfect time for Rhaenys to usurp the throne if she won't really wanted to. <laughs> well, she just killed a bunch of people, man. She's never been about that. I, I know. She, that's, that's true. But she did just kind of shit on Alicent for not wanting to play her own part. But maybe it's because she's loyal to I Rhaenyra. I don't. She's not loyal to Rhaenyra. Rhaenys said that because she was planning, trying to plant seeds inside of Allison's head in order to divide Fair. the family. I think she was playing some kind of three forty. Because everyone in that castle, yeah, eight forty. I don't know. Forty chess, baby. Everyone in that castle was in a very, very difficult situation of having to put on airs for anyone that they thought could be an Allison supporter or a Green supporter. And not say anything to get yourself fucking killed because of how yeah. violent they were being about making sure alliances were formed. Yeah, see, here's my other thing, too, with Rhaenys, is that, okay, she's got you locked up in a castle. Your dragon is underneath there. If if you don't agree to go to their side or pledge to their side, what is going to happen to you? You still have Otto who's scheming. He would totally scheme behind Allison's back, I think. And well, he already did. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Against her, too. I don't know if she knew about all that. I don't think she knows about any of that yet because they locked down everything that happened in the small council room. But that's one of the first moves. They're going to try to kill your dragon. I feel that that would be a move. Mm -hmm. So why would you then just be okay with? Oh, yeah, I'm not going to be I'm not going to roast them, dude. They were going to totally do something against you, in my opinion. That is how you'd have to be thinking. That's a good point. Zach. You're just in a life or death situation. Now you spare them. It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I did think it was in her character to not roast them. Just because she's very queen. It was very queen like moment saying I could kill you all right now. But yeah, I'm I'm just going to dip. But fuck you. That was a clean 
a clean little move too when she shot between the doors. I did not think she was going to fit. And then it was like, whoop, fuck. In the moment, I liked the scene. It was more when I was coming after it after. And then I saw the director yeah, and writer's yeah. quotes and I was like, wait a minute. Come on. You, you guys couldn't thought of a better reason to try to explain this one away. It felt like maybe, and this wasn't in the book either. This was not <laughs> in the book. There, maybe the the people who wrote the book, Fire and Blood, since it's written by Maesters, it's written by third third hand accounts. They could maybe not write about this, but this is a huge moment, and there'd be a lot of witnesses. How would this not be any accounts? Yeah. This is totally something that they added to mm-hmm. the story to do a big moment. That was something I didn't expect to have, and I thought she was going to slip away and slip out the back and maybe make an entrance coming back in around, scare everyone out, then come in and you could still do the scene. You could still make it menacing like that without even having to kill a bunch of people too. Yeah. There has to be another entrance. There has to be another way out of the dragon pit. Is there no way for, for dragon riders to call their dragon? They have to walk up to him, find him. Mm. Well, we saw the dragons. Yeah. Had a bond with Delirian where he would, he would come. Go ahead, Zexer. With the Drogon. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Not believing. Fuck. But you're right that some dragons seem like they do have a better connection that they can sense when someone's in danger. Like Drogon came and saved Daenerys a few times. Yeah. They, there's some that do. It's, it's, it kind of depends on the rider. They all know. I, it seems like they all know if their rider dies, though, and if their rider is alive because they can't bond to someone else until that rider is for sure dead. That's like book canon and show canon. Yeah, I think there is definitely another entrance too because <laughs> in, be. in the first or second episode, I'm pretty sure Rhaenyra came around right. to the backside. Mm-hmm. On there's probably a few entr- entrances, man. You got a lot of dragons. There's no way they're all coming out of one exit or anything. Yeah, man. fuck, I would have melted them. Just saying, I would have torched their asses. <laughs> yeah, I did like what the actress said to Eve Best. She said, "When Rhaenys wasn't picked in Harrenhal right at the beginning, her spirit wandered to get on a dragon." burst through the ceiling and say, fuck you all. That was cool. That ties back to this moment now. That's, what, 20 years difference there? 25, maybe? Yeah. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. I was just going to comment on the point that you made. I think that's a really good point because this is the first book change that... Whereas before, this wasn't really an issue because they wouldn't have known... It wouldn't have been common knowledge for the Maesters to know about... Aegon's dream. It wouldn't have been common knowledge for them to know about uh, Lainor surviving still and yeah, running off. Lainor was but a this, big change too. Lainor had a lot of witnesses. It was at like a market with countless, there was like countless witnesses. Sorry, not countless, but there was just, it was accepted okay. that he did die there and there wasn't fire involved. So there was a body. Coralus got the body. Coralus put out basically a hit for this guy to go get Sir Carl. It was it was more cemented in the book for sure. Okay. Then that is a null point entirely. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, so they're just changing a lot of stuff with the this family specifically. Yeah. But narratively, these are like the two pretty big changes so far. Leonor living and then this. This is for sure something new. Yeah, I don't think I had anything else to say on that scene though, but it was pretty badass visually, obviously. It was sick. Mm-hmm. Visuals look pretty good. Yeah, and the Damn, way they just did the just special done. effects on it, making the whole, all the extras and filling out the stadium, the behind-the-scenes stuff on it was really impressive. Shit, what else? We jumped straight to the climax. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I mean, we can go back. It was a good episode, man. I liked 
what the whole thing of them looking for Aegon, I guess maybe the one thing was for me was it felt a little convenient that they just stumbled on Otto and all that. They're just sitting out in the open. Yeah. But I like that scene. I liked even the fight. No, they went and got him. Kristen Cole and Amon is who you're talking about, right? Stumbling upon Otto. Yeah. Yeah, they stumbled on Otto and the Eric, whatever their names are, brothers, the brothers, the twins. Oh, Eric I like the it. duel that they had, too, on the stairs. Eric. That was cool. A- Aegon spitting in his one eye was funny as fuck. <laughs> yeah. <Dude>. Such a dick. <laughs> even, the, even the building, the Lord building, like it felt really brutal with that with that pit with all the kids they introduced potentially what is going to be what's that kid's name game on pale hair that is one of that is one of Aegon's bastards so Aegon in the book he had two bastard kids that they know of there for sure could have been more but that possibly was game on it sounds like there's way more than two honestly yeah they're probably talking but if this is the one if this is that character this character plays a part going forward it's a important character in the story dude that's fucked up too they have little kid cockfighting rings yeah that's brutal as fuck and see another thing too you have masaria whatever her name is the white the white worm she's saying to i just want you to shut this down which is common folk thing and then you have the writer saying no one gives a fuck yeah they're not gonna do that bro (laughs) i will remember no as soon as as soon as she agreed to that i was like yeah you fucked up (laughs) <laughs> you're giving away all your leverage and he is not going to do shit. Rhaenyra might, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. So what else we got here? Why were they hiding him in under the fucking... <laughs> in the sept? Altar. And how did they leave? He just wanted to stay there. <laughs> I don't know. Probably hammered, bro. I mean, I, the character, the actor behind the scenes says that his character is just always drunk, has no interest in being king. You know, you know who to love that coronation was um, Joffrey, dude. He would have gone off Joffrey Baratheon with all those people. He would yeah. be losing his shit. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. No. Okay. This is this is also what I was gonna say. How do you think those moments are gonna affect Aegon moving forward? Because we see that he's a reluctant king, going leading up to this point. But there are a few moments when he seems to be enjoying himself a little more than normally, like that moment when. Thousands, possibly tens of thousands of people are all, you know, cheering for him. They are reacting positively to him becoming king. And him pumping pump, pumping the sword, just it seems like he's a little more into it. I'm wondering if well, you guys he, think that's going to fill his head and he's is he going to become... I think maybe because his biggest insecurity was that he didn't think his dad cared about him at all, didn't want him to be king, him. exactly. And then now he thinks... Because his mom is thinks he thinks his mom is being honest. His mom thinks she's being honest, apparently. So that probably changes confidence alone. And yeah, man, when you have someone unhinged like this with no leash, <laughs> who knows what happens, man? Yeah, I don't think he's I straight could, up like Joffrey status because Joffrey always craved power. And yeah, but it could be something like that, man. I mean, we've already seen how dark and disturbed this dude is. Yeah, when they said. He doesn't come to this street of silk because... I mean, bro, I'm just saying, like, his intro as an adult was he was a rapist to start. Uh, yeah. He's just not a good dude. Fuck, he's already done so much shit. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. That casually raped somebody. Yeah, man. And so it, like, got we... swept under the rug. Fuck. It's probably not the first one either. It didn't feel like that was the first situation. Okay, a little break time for a quick word from our sponsors. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We can talk about the trade. Did you guys watch the teaser for the finale? Yes. So it looks yeah. like we're going to get, bro, I actually, this is another word that I've never said out loud. Vermithor. Vermithor. Is that it? <laughs> Vermithor. 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 Yeah. Is it Vermithor? Yeah. Is that's that how, how I pronounce heard it? Vermithor. You've heard V-E-R-M-I-T-H-O-R. someone say this. I've never You've heard George R. R. Martin say this out loud? Oh my God. It doesn't have to be George R. R. Martin. Okay. When would you want this, me to dragon, look up? this dragon was never mentioned in Game of Thrones? It's it's videos. Yeah, let me know. Which one's Vermithor, the absolutely massively huge one? Yeah, oh, that's Vagar. Well, Vagar is the biggest dragon, but then this is the next biggest dragon in at this point in the story. Mm-hmm. This dragon's about 100 years old. Its last rider was Jaehaerys, and now he's essentially a wild dragon because no one has claimed him since. The one that you see Damon whistling to and singing to in the in the trailer for the next episode, and it looks like in the in the book at least he has a beard. I don't know if they're gonna do that. Damn, he's yeah, like bearded dragon. This picture of him looks sick. He's got a whole can mane of horns and shit. Can a dragon rider choose a different dragon and just like abandon? No. The so old the one? thing with with this dragon is that he was actually friendly with humans. He just never got claimed, and so he became technically wild. But he's just been living in. He's just been living at Dragonstone. Oh. Where there's other wild dragons, bro. So there's they're, they're going to do, which is I think is so sick, they're going to do the whole lore with people trying to claim these dragons, and some of them just get eaten trying to claim them. And, dude, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, people just going out into the wild trying to get dragons. Because that was a big thing in the books, I remember, that people would just go up to fucking dragons and try to tame them. Or not dragon tame. seed. Yeah. Bastards yeah. and other yeah. Targaryens in the lineage would try to do it and then get rid of sometimes get eaten, man if they, <laughs> yeah. these are wild dragons like some of these have never been claimed some of them there's some that they don't even actually know if they're necessarily connected directly to these Targaryen dragons or if it goes back even several years to when they first came to Dragonstone at least one yeah, cannibal cannibal is old as fuck cannibal they don't know how old he is still unconfirmed his size just saying Zach He's not bigger saying. than he's not bigger than okay. I I read the book. I read up to this point with this dragon again. This dragon is the next biggest dragon after Vagar. Cannibal is okay. No, Vermithor. Wait. Oh, Verm. Oh, Vermithor. Okay, Vermithor. I've never heard this said by a writer of the show or George R. R. Martin. Okay, he, there's How definitely about- an interview out there where he has. So I and I, I didn't listen. I've never listened to the audiobook for Fire and Blood. So I don't know how it's 
supposed to be pronounced. How about we just pronounce it how we want to pronounce it because it's a, a fictional name. And when a character says that dragon's name next episode, then we can start <laughs> pronouncing it that way. We can we will be confirmed. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. So so we're going with Vermithor for now. Not better. Vermithor. It's <laughs> the high Valyrian like version. The Vermithor. Yeah. Vermithor. <laughs> yeah, God. but uh, another thing. I this is totally unconfirmed or anything. But that one character who's with the white worm, she kind of looked like this uh, this dragon scene named Nettles in the in the book. But I don't know if that's how that would work at all. It could be changed. Doesn't Nettles tame Cannibal? Bro, I don't think anyone ends up... T- this could be a spoiler, but I don't think Cannibal gets tamed, man. Okay. Nettles tames some kind of dra- or wild dragon, I'm pretty sure. It doesn't have to be a wild one. There's still several that haven't been claimed even now. There's some that just live on Dragonstone. Vermithor, who hasn't been claimed by anyone yet since oh, yep. Harris. Okay. Wait, according to Maester Gildane, she cannot be called pretty? Yeah, well, dude, any everything in Fire and Blood, the book, is very negative towards women. So it's hard to really take anything that they say. They were saying Rhaenyra got fat. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. It. And that she wasn't beautiful anymore, and she's definitely a beautiful woman. They made Alicent seem like she's the worst person in the world, and this shows she's much more gray, and it's written by men. So it's hard to trust anything really said about women in it. Yeah, and it's also written from... The perspective of a maester is, as well. As yeah, somebody you know that has, lives in that time. I actually, this is a good one for you because I just, I tweeted this out last night. But, okay, so this is an account from the maester who was at the table. His name is Grand Maester Orwile. Is that it? Orwile? O-R-W-Y-L-E. Yeah. His quote of what Allison said is that, this is from Fire and Blood written is that Aegon and his brothers are the king's trueborn sons with a better claim to the throne than her brood of bastards. One of, one of these strongs put out Aemon's eye, never forget, he was a boy, but bastards are monstrous by nature. That is what she said according to the book, according to his account. But it also was written that he was trying to come off necessarily as, as not as bad person as he was because of him, of his siding with this. And this was, But it was like a direct account from him yeah. of what happened in... At that meeting with the green, you know, when Beesbury, what's his name? Breesbury? Beesbury dies. Yeah. It's never confirmed in the book because there was multiple accounts, but it just was like, yeah, he was basically the first step, first big death in the Dance of the Dragons. Beesbury? Yeah. First casual. Yeah, he got fucked up. (laughs) Sir, and it was, two of the accounts were saying it was Sir Kristen who killed him. One of them was that he got thrown out the door or the window. But another change, actually, from the book is the other guy, this the Lord Commander, he wasn't alive anymore at this point in the story. So this is a change. Oh, he Dude. wasn't. Yeah, he was dead, long dead. So that's how that's how even Sir Kristen was already Lord Commander. Shit, what is he going to do now? He's on his Barristan Selmy arc. Oh, bro, he's gonna. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. He's gonna go. He's definitely gonna go over to Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that happening. I'm not. I'd have What's, to do more research, but maybe he's taking a place of a different knight that take that comes to her side. There's a few knights that come over to Rhaenyra's side that are loyal to what Viserys wanted, but it seems like yeah. he's definitely going to be one. I mean, his scene was sick. He feels like a very underutilized character, to be honest. At this point in the story, he's got a powerful ass beard too. I respect yeah, him for he's that, rocking beard, that beard, bro. For real, yeah. 
Yeah. So it's him and Ark. Is it Ark and Eric? Oh, dude. I never know. <laughs> that, one, that one gets me. I think it's Eric and Eric. You say the same. They both no, sound they... this one's with an E and one's with an A, but yeah, Eric and Ark, right? But I don't know which one. I can't remember which one goes to which one was which, is what I mean. I think it's Ark. The A, the one with Eric. the A. No, they. No, Ark. I want to understand why, why Kristen Cole is so devout to. Allison, like, what did she do or say to him that made her Jesus to him? I think he just hated Rhaenyra. That much, though? I just still can't understand how, how he would hate her for so long. He's an incel, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, kind of yeah. actually for real, though. <laughs> the OG, man. He started that. Yeah. That was funny. His whole life revolves around hating Rhaenyra. Seriously, especially when he says quotes like, every woman is an image of the mother to be spoken of reverence. But then he yeah. says that same stuff about her. What a fucking hypocrite, dude. Absolute clown. Yeah, what, didn't he call her a spoiled cunt like three episodes ago? Two episodes ago. ago, yeah. Two episodes ago, yeah. As she was carrying her baby bleeding out, he's saying that about her. <laughs> Such a dick. What yeah, man. I, maybe his play is he thinks he's going to smash Allison at some point now that she's single. <laughs> <laughs> old dude what's his name lionel or dude you know Strong, what we were talking about was larry's weird ass holy dude. fuck bro they're having yeah. a weird, they're having a weird off oh my god i forgot about that Is he a foot fetish absolutely bro absolutely man you yeah see that okay <laughs> yeah. i don't even understand why they put this that dude in. killed his whole family like, just to make us to, just to make us hate to him jack more. off the feet what a fucking loser He's like, you don't understand. I will do anything to see those feet. The boy I will just, fucking... Bro, he's an insult. <laughs> Absolutely, bro. Yeah. They're, they're in a contest, those two. Oh, Jesus Christ. He they actually did, too, yeah. She's surrounded by these fucking fools. Allison. <laughs> Killed immediate family members just to jack off to Allison's feet. For feet pics, bro. Yeah. What a clown. <laughs> yeah, you're right, dude. She's surrounded by... Terrible not men. A, not a good Terrible look. Terrible people. <laughs> yeah. I guess it kind of makes sense that he have a foot fetish after he's got a messed up foot. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that aspect. I mean, still doesn't justify his behavior, but if you have a foot fetish, that's fine. But the other <laughs> shit. <laughs> Come on, dude. That scene was whack, bro. That also, I just need to add, well, that was not like in the book either. Foot fetishes are, foot fetishes are fine if you're not like, Jacking off in front of people. <laughs> yeah, if you're doing weird shit to get to it. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, that's all I'm saying. That. Like, I respect people's fetishes as long as I'll defend a foot fetish all day. I don't have <laughs> yeah. one, but that's why I did the same thing because I was like, dude, if I say something, I feel like it's gonna no, come I'll... off like I have a foot fetish. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'll defend. <laughs> all right, thanks, Luke. I appreciate. It. I got your. I got your back. But, okay, this is what I was going to say about him outside of the foot fetish. So he definitely gave information to Otto, right? He's playing his side. He's playing both sides. He's not playing Allison's side. No, bro, he's playing Allison's side, I think. Well, because he well, gave information to Otto. He picks if he doesn't do that. I, but he can, he can still play both sides as long as Allison doesn't find out. He was just saying to Otto, hey, well, if this information benefits it's like it's benefiting you too what i'm doing basically because Otto is supposed to be on her side it felt like he was playing Otto and then going back behind Otto's back and saying to her hey yo this is what he's doing 
I think he's playing both sides because he was propping up this network of webs that has spies that are spying on her. And then she brings up, oh, this person must be close to me. They must be watching me all the time. And then he avoids the question as in... No, he didn't. And I immediately... You know, he, he never responded. He told he, her exactly he said something else. He said it was your handmaid. No, 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 no. He looked down when she said that, didn't say anything for a while, and then he brought up the handmaid. He was like, oh, yeah, your handmaid is part of the is part of the network of spies. Well, what are you and trying that to made say? me he immediately says- think, like, he's, he is the head of this web. He is the master of whispers or whatever. But he's trying to prop up somebody else. He's trying to prop up a straw man for her to attack instead of him. But we already know that Otto has ties to this lady because of what happened with Damon and Rhaenyra years ago. Yeah, but is that a convenient connection for Strong to exploit? Also, he locked all of those Laris. people up in the in the dungeon. You probably killed them all. Laris did. So if it wasn't, <laughs> I know that was fucked up too. So why would it be his connections? They're not. They're not working for him. He's got his own spies and stuff. I'm saying he's playing both sides. As long as Allison doesn't find out that he's playing both sides. He just has to seem like he's indisputably loyal to her, even though he's more loyal to himself, his own gain. He's for sure most loyal to himself, but what he said to Otto, and then he went behind Otto's back immediately after and said, hey, by the way, this lady is tied to her, who's tied to Otto. And then he went and killed, he went and burnt down that thing. I don't think he's playing really for Otto's side at all. I don't think he wants Otto to know that he that he's doing. He's also behind this stuff. Wait, also, what was that house that burned down? I couldn't that tell was where the white worm was. Oh, wait, so she's dead now or just the house is burned? They make it seem like she's dead. So in the book, too, the, this was a pretty definitive reason. Aegon felt a little more gray with his why he ended up agreeing to become king was because when he first was presented about it, he said, my sister is the heir. What sort of brother steals his sister's birthright? That was what he said to Sir Kristen Cole and Allison. And then Allison was only convinced to become king because Sir Kristen said, Rhaenyra is going to execute you and all your brothers if she wishes her bastards to rule after her. And that was really why he then said, okay, I will be king because he wanted to actually protect his family in that way. So it's a little different than what happened in this story and with the reasoning. So that's that's something new too then is the Viserys saying this Last whisper. That's another change from the book that we forgot to talk about, Ross. Yeah, that's different. That is a pretty big change. That's a lie. Like that's a lie, though. They're all lying to him. She would not kill him. I. I there's. No, she's shown nothing. She's shown nothing in her character that she would kill them if she came into power. She would probably, you know, send them away or use them as political tools, marry them off. You in, know, but, in this in this version, it doesn't seem like. But the what, book, what do you, book what do you, version, she's a little bit more savage. Yeah, but also, Ross, at least she's written. It looks like she killed her husband in order to be with Damon. As far as everyone else, yeah. knows. and That's she clearly true. has bastard kids that everyone knows aren't her, aren't her kids. Yeah, bastard kids that everyone knows. That's true. But even before that, they did. They were saying that as well. And another big thing that Otto said in the book when they had the the Green Council meeting, he was leaning a lot into the fact that her husband is Damon, and he you you never know what Damon's going to do. He was saying, "Well, if she doesn't is if she's not the one who makes the call, Damon will find a way to kill all of us because he would maybe want to be the one on the throne at that point." Yeah, that's fair. Because in the back of my head, even when I brought up that point, I was thinking, "Well, Damon would." Yeah, I think which he's is more interesting because they didn't talk about Damon at all in this. 
when they were talking about that situation, that would have even been another interesting point, I think, to bring up about Damon. Because he is a wild card. He's pretty loyal to her, though. I I think she, they can Maybe. work together. I think they work together decently. Damon feels, he's pretty loyal to her right now, but I mean, I don't know. Even like when he was going down and getting the dragon eggs, he's getting those eggs for his kids, for his line, and... Maybe, man. I mean, we don't know. He's still, he's still, you never know with this guy, you know? <laughs> Fair. Yeah, he does seem like he really is loyal to her in this time right now, right? But when he gets into war mode, he's a little bit more unhinged for sure. Yeah. Okay, I think the fucked, I think the fucked up part mainly is they're making all these presumptions about Rhaenyra and Damon wanting to kill their kids while they're actively trying to kill all of them. Like, well, they, well, that's their point. That's their justification for trying to yeah. No, Yeah, but I'm saying that justification is wrong because it's a presumption. It's based off of mutually... Rhaenyra, or sorry, Allison's not trying to kill them all right now. Yeah, Allison's She's not. the one saying, we're not doing this, we're doing it my way. And we're going to tell Rhaenyra about this. Yeah. And, and in the trailer for the next episode, it looks like... Yeah, how you brought up earlier about there's probably going to be different factions on that side... It looked like it was definitely alluding to that in the trailer with Rhaenyra having to make a tough decision about whether she wanted to go to war or not. And there's definitely going to be people pushing her to go to war and people counseling against it for sure. Yeah, and the trailer shows too. So this this is a spoiler for sure. Everyone listening, skip ahead. The trailer for sure shows the her sons going off to fight. And yeah, <laughs> at that fight, you're seeing Vagar and Amon. So that is going to happen. We're going to get the Storm's End battle for sure next episode. Let's go. But that's that's it. That's the end of the spoiler right there. Let's go, dude. I'm hyped. Anything else, man? I'm like looking through my notes. I feel like we got we covered a lot of this shit, man. This is a good little pod. Yeah, it's pretty good. We're 48 minutes ish. Season finale, man. I mean, the show to me feel like so far has lived up for the to the hype. The only and even with talking about this. Rainus scene it's still that's probably the only real questionable thing i've had this whole show where i'm like oh yeah that kind of was crazy she just killed a bunch of people but she didn't kill them you know so it's that's the only thing so far the show's been pretty great yeah and even that moment it still was like a cool scene yeah Mm could have ended the whole fucking war (laughs) you know it was cool though in the map one thing that they showed they had a they had a little war dealy thing. I don't know what that is called. Little statue guy. Yeah. On Winterfell. So I was thinking maybe we get a Winterfell tease at the end of the season. That could be cool. Winterfell and the Stark season two. That'd be kind of sick. We did we did see the Stark guy at the Royal Hunt. Yeah, but he's not going to be the Stark. He's going to be f- dead by this point. He's not the Warden of the North anymore. He- he won't be the, yeah, he's not the Lord. The Lord is a much younger Lord Stark, 20s. Sick. Yeah. So we're going to get all that, that for sure. That's a, And they're pretty involved in what's coming. Okay. Excited. So that's our House of the Dragon Episode 9 podcast. Make sure to go leave us a rating review on Apple or Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at Culture Crave, at Thrones underscore facts, at Culture Crave Pod. We'll be back next week with one more podcast for the House of the Dragon finale.